Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about PSG's loss to Lorient, as well as the bombshell news that PSG has suspended Lionel Messi for two weeks. First, let's take care of a little business. For everything PSG, make sure you visit psgtalk.com. We're also publishing premium content for free over on Substack, so make sure you go and subscribe to PSG Talk there. And thank you, as always, for subscribing and listening to this fine podcast. All right. So to help me break down all of the drama going on at PSG, I'm joined by my good friend Ethan from PSG Fan Club Boise. Ethan, other than PSG, how are things on your end? Hey, going good. Uh, you know, Lakers are uh, – my Lakers are in the second round of the playoffs. Game actually just started. Uh, my MLS club's playing the second leg of the CONCACAF Champions League uh, you know, semifinal right now as well. So – I'm just I've got another tab open. I'm checking those out every once in a while. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's it's solid. How how are you doing? Yeah, everything is good on my end. Um NBA team's not in the playoffs. Um RSL still going to those games. We're actually gonna go see RSL play LAFC and watch you guys destroy us by po- probably three <laughs> goals. Uh, but it'll be a good time uh, anyway. Yeah. But what's going on in the French capital is certainly not a good time. Let's dive right into the breaking news of the day. So Messi, he's been suspended by PSG for the next two weeks. He cannot train or play in any matches. He won't be paid. And all of this is going on with the backdrop of his contract extension negotiations with PSG. Uh, Ethan, what were your initial reactions when you saw the news? Yeah, my initial thoughts is, well, the very first report I saw, I didn't believe it. I just thought it was, you know, I, the first thing I saw was from Keep, So I thought, ah, oh, it's just Keep. They're just, you know, talking whatever again. And then it really blew up and it's it's pretty apparent that that's true now. So, um, man, it's a weird, complicated situation. We'll try and cover it best we can. But um, I'm, a little, I'm a little shocked based on the things I've seen. This seems... You know, Messi's always been uh, very professional, and this seems like a, a big slip up for him. So, kind of weird. And then also, just in the heat of the the whole season, having gone poorly, and um, you know, a lot of PSG fans, especially French fans, uh, worried about his you know effort when he's not on offense, um, just his work rate. I don't know. It's just uh, things are kind of coming to a uh, a boil here. It feels like, especially on on Twitter, I know you and I were both pretty active on Twitter today, and um, yeah, it was it was a bit tense on there. So there were people getting pretty riled up on both sides. But yeah, it was it was weird for sure. Yeah, it's not every day um, that Messi is getting suspended. I don't can't remember if that ever happened at Barcelona. I, I seriously doubt it. But um, I guess we should talk about why he was suspended. So apparently, Messi is an ambassador for Saudi Arabia Tourism. Not sure if that's like the official whatever, but he essentially went to Saudi Arabia to take some photos with his family on vacation, and then they were going to Saudi Arabia tourism was going to use that to uh, you know promote on his Instagram feed to his millions and millions of followers and kind of promote Saudi Arabia. Um, he and Ethan, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know if if he got this cleared. From my understanding. He asked if he could go, and it sort of muddied from there. Did PSG initially say no, or did they let him go and then change their mind? We know that there's some, you know, political stuff going on between Qatar, who owns PSG, and Saudi Arabia. So you've got that going on. So, but in a nutshell, Messi went there against PSG's will, whether it was initially or after the fact, and they decided to take action against him. And that's when he got the the two weeks of suspension. So that's sort of what's what was going on. Um, you and I, like you said, we're we're definitely active on Twitter when that news broke. My initial reaction was good. Um, I'm just going to assume that PSG told him no, he can't go, and he went anyway. And I think whether it's Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, 
Hakimi, Mendez, whoever, if the club tells you you can't go and do something, they have good reason and they have the authority to tell you you can't do something, you have to abide by it. We, we can't be a club anymore that allows our players and especially our superstar players to do whatever they want. This isn't a club where you come in and you, you cash a big check and you do what you want, you train when you want, you play hard when you want, and you do whatever you want. Like We, we can't have that anymore. People joke that PSG is a small club and in a lot of ways they're acting like that over the past few years, if not the past decade. And I felt like this was finally them putting their foot down and saying, enough. So I'm going to assume that they told him he can't go, and he went, and they said, I don't care who you are. You can be messy. We're suspending you. We would suspend anyone on this team for doing what you did, and they suspended him. Messi probably has made his mind up, and he's going to be leaving anyway, so he probably doesn't care that much, um, which goes to speak to his professionalism. So overall, my initial reaction was good. I am glad that the club suspended him. I would say the same thing if it was Mbappe if he did that. So um, that, that was my initial reaction. Any, any comments on that, Ethan? Yeah, so from what I understand, he – and I've seen this from a couple sources. I know ESPN FC is not the most reliable, but them and a couple other sources, uh, this is what I read. And they all had basically the same story. From what they said, it, uh, apparently Messi asked to go on the trip and uh, PSG – basically answered by saying, um, you know, Galtier was going to let the team have Monday and Tuesday off if we beat Lorient on, um, you know, for, what do we play on Sunday, Friday? Yeah, Sunday. Uh, and if we'd beat them on, on Sunday, then they'd have had Monday and Tuesday off opposed to just Tuesday. Um, he, I mean, we didn't win, obviously. And then he went on the trip anyway. Um, and that's, that's basically what I've heard. I know people are just flying around, you know, conflicting, uh, you know, rumors and stuff online, but that is what I've seen. So, uh, yeah, it would appear that he kind of just dipped and uh, went off on his own on this uh, little trip just to, like, like you said, you know, he's Saudi Arabia's tourism ambassador and he had some, you know, pretty looking pictures of the wildlife and everything there. So and either way, um, I agree. I, I think if if that is the truth, I think he's got to be suspended. Um, I'm a little surprised at, at two weeks. That does seem a bit harsh for missing one game. I know that a lot of teams have a, a code of conduct that they either set in place, you know, when the current captain is appointed. So that would have been, you know, a couple of years ago with Marquinhos or some of them do it year by year. And there's normally, you know, you get fined half a week's wages for doing this, a week's wages for that. That kind of stuff, but um, two weeks seems you know I wouldn't have guessed that it would have been two weeks. I would have guessed he would have been fined one week's wages if I just had to throw a number on it. But uh, apparently, you know, it's a full suspension for two weeks. Uh, no training, no pay, no nothing. Um, and other than that, mm, I mean, it, it's tough to say how much there you know this being a Qatar versus Saudi Arabia thing has to play into it. I've heard from a lot of people that the political tensions aren't that bad and that they're on pretty good terms. But I would still say, just like with any two neighboring countries, um, whether or not they're on good relations, I mean, not that this kind of thing ever happens with the US and Canada, for example, you know, as we're both Americans, easy to put it that way. But the US, it wouldn't surprise me if the US tried to use a little bit of leverage to, I don't know enhance our own image over over Canada. So like it, it it's not that crazy of an idea. It's it's not even Cold War tactics. It's like less than that, but it's still something, you know, and Qatar is always going to do what they, you know, what they can to enhance their own image, as is Saudi Arabia, as is basically a new country in the world. So despite people saying that this could be a political thing, um, or it's not a political thing. I think it's at least a little bit a political thing, whether the club's going to say it or not. Um, I, but I don't think that is the primary reasoning. I mean, you, we saw in what January we had that game against you know the team that was called the Riyadh All Stars, uh, quote unquote. And uh, you know we've done that, but I still uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there was you know just a tinge of of uh, you know political leverage, you know here and Messi essentially being used just a little bit as a political tool. So uh, other than that, mm, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think a lot of people would say 
that Mbappe is currently above the club. You know, a lot of neutrals would say that as we're paying him $72 million a year is what's usually reported. And I, I, I still agree. You know, Mbappe has at times been probably above the, you know, above the club. You know, he's been elevated more, you know, above the club. Uh, but that doesn't make it right. Just because, you know, we let it slide with other players in the past doesn't mean we should let this one slide too. And my last bit of thing, you know, we might jump into this more, but my last thing is uh, a lot of people are uh, sort of critical of PSG on this right now and uh, saying, you know, why would you, you know, you can't suspend the goat or, you know, he's, uh, you know, a lot of Twitter trolls, they'll say he's bigger than PSG anyway. Um, and I think that's exactly the the thing that's the issue. If, if he's supposedly bigger than PSG, according to, you know, Messi FC, then, um, we shouldn't be putting him above the club. You know, no, no one should be above the club. So, uh, it's, it's a, I think it's, it's a weird, you know, thing that, and this is just kind of Twitter banter, but, uh, the philosophy of no player being above the club is what's won most great teams in football championships. Uh, but apparently when PSG starts, you know, a, a move towards doing this, then we're criticized, you know, it's, it's hypocritical, but, uh, you know, you'd expect that from a lot of people on, on Twitter. So I just thought I'd mention that as well. You know, where this is, you know, I don't want to jump to conclusions or say, oh man, everything's fixed. You know, Nasser, you, you did it. Uh, you know, you, you fixed everything. The mentality of the club has changed. There's really no way to tell quite yet if that's the case, but this is a step in the right direction. Um, yeah. And I, I hope we, I hope he keeps up this kind of stuff. Yeah, certainly a step in the right direction. I, I do wonder, you know, how long had this been planned? I remember there were some rumblings last week that, that Messi was going to be going to Saudi Arabia. These kind of photo shoots and these big promotions are months in advance. You know, how long had PSG known about this? Did Messi run it by them? Did he give them ample notice or did he say like a week or less than a week? Hey, guys, I'm going to go to Saudi Arabia and hope you're okay with it. Like you and I work professionally. You can't go to your boss a week before and say you're, you're leaving the country. And I know it's a little different. We're not footballers, but like just the code of conduct, it's just something that you would do with your employers, give them more than a week's notice. Um, looking at the schedule uh, for PSG, which they tweeted it out early this morning, you know, Tuesday is a day off, but they've got Wednesday, Thursday, you know, training, they've got media on Friday and they've got a game on Sunday. Um, I think, like you said, I think there's a little bit of a, a political stuff with Saudi Arabia and Qatar. But I think if Messi went to Miami or Los Angeles or Australia or Japan, I think if he just left the country to do some like promotional stuff, I think they probably still would have sus suspended him. I don't think they love their players just leaving. Um, and this isn't the first time that PSG suspended. You can maybe if you think of any other examples, but I, I can just think back in the Laurent Blanc era, um, Cavani had come back from holiday. A little bit late there the midseason you know after after christmas and all that he came back late and i believe he was suspended um has neymar been suspended for for you know going to brazil i i, I can vaguely remember someone listening will probably tweet me but um you know so psg have done this before and it's just not a good look i mean messi's 35 years old he's a world cup winner he's probably the greatest footballer of all time what are you doing i mean this is this is just so unprofessional uh, to be suspended for two weeks, whether right or wrong, it's just not a good look. I don't love it, but I, I do love that PSG are putting their foot down, and enough is enough. So um, that that's sort of our initial reactions. Um, let's sort of, Ethan, weave this into the loss uh, to Lorient. PSG lost 3-1. Lorient's a mid-table mid side. Um, they lost to them last weekend at the Parc de Prince, if I'm not mistaken. And, and so they've lost three of their last six matches. And so... Is what's going on with Messi sort of a window into what's been going on with this team all season, which seems to be a lack of respect for the manager, the sporting project in general. People are this just there for the, the paycheck and they really don't have anything to prove. and They're just going through the motions. Is that really it or, or is it something else? No, I think it is a window into what's going on. And 
Um, random just backtrack. I know that Serge Aurier and uh, Hatton Ben Arfa have been suspended in, in the past as well. But ben um, ben no, this sent to the uh, with the reserves. I think or the yeah. academy. <laughs> He was, he was, yeah, yeah. Gosh, I can't remember what year that was. It feels like forever ago. I think but, it was Unai Emery um, did it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. My memory's really poor, so yeah, I, I would not have remembered the, I the year. I send Messi to the train with the kids and then take pictures in social media and do a small uh, <laughs> That's <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but um, I think it is a window into kind of what's going on. Um, I know that uh, Mark, uh, you know, who's often been on the podcast and contributes. I know he. he I think I feel like he had a lot of good tweets today. If you guys, uh, you know, don't follow him, I would check out his his Twitter, Mark Damon. Uh, he said, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but oh, this is uh, if you know, if we were still in the Champions League, you know, say that you know a 30 year old Portuguese guy in Israel hadn't scored, uh, you know, a, a goal, you know. Uh, six months ago, then we could probably we'd probably be in the Champions League semifinals right now, or we would at least made the quarters and played Inter. But if that had happened, if if we were still in the Champions League right now, then this would not have happened. We would not have seen this collapse. Team, people would still be dialed in, and it just goes back to what Laurent Blanc said uh, after our. Uh, I don't think it was right after the UCL elimination, but I think it was a couple games after when we had you know continued our bad form. And he said, um, you know, and for anyone listening that doesn't know or is new to PSG or neutral, Laurent Blanc coached us for, you know, several years, four and a half, four years. And he knows the current kind of culture of the club better than most anyone. And he said at PSG, when you're out of the Champions League, when your primary goal has disappeared, then it seems like for people, the season is over. And I think a lot of times, you know, um, for some reason, whatever it was, the players respected Pochettino a little more or they respected Tuchel a little more because we didn't quite see this sort of lethargic play as as much uh, after UCL, you know, disappointing UCL eliminations in, in the past. But for some reason, uh, it maybe they – it's hard, so hard to say, but it's it does seem like they don't respect Galtier anymore. And it's, it's so odd because I remember – um, I can't remember if I was talking on that podcast, but actually, I don't think I was. I think it was at the beginning of the season. And you, I think it was you exactly who said, um, you know, Gaultier should be an interesting hire because he he can come in there and say, hey, I've beaten you guys. I've, I've won the league on a title against you guys, despite you guys having 10, 15 times the money. And if that's not going to command respect from some players, then – then maybe nothing will. So I don't think this is just a, a, you know, this isn't just a players not respecting manager thing because manager's bad. I think this is a players not respecting managers because the players' heads aren't in the right place or they're not in the right place. I also think, uh, I, th- I think it may have been PSG fan club Helsinki. Uh, I know they also yeah. tweet out some some good content. They always have a really pragmatic view into, into PSG and, I think they've said stuff similar similar to that. You know, if you can't if you can't respect uh, you know this guy who's beaten you to the Liga title, then it's it's really it's it's on the players a lot too. They they got to be locked in. Um, we still have a Liga title to win. I know, you know, people outside of France don't really give us a lot of credit for that, and it is something that we should be winning. But that doesn't mean we can drag our boots, you know, or or crawl to the finish line. You know, in years past, um, we w- we've won Liga in just a couple of years ago by 31 points. Um, I get that the level of the average quality of the league back then was not at what it's at today. You know, Liga has improved. We've seen that in, you know, the mid table has improved in, in Liga, I think. I don't know about the top six or so. You know, I feel like our European. If you look at like Monaco's in fourth, Leon are in, in seventh. I mean, those mm-hmm. are sort of your, your typical. League yeah. on powerhouses, and I mean Marseille is up there in second, but Lons in third. I mean Lille's in fifth, Claremont's mm-hmm. in eighth, Nice is in ninth. So yeah, yeah Claremont in eighth. Yeah, it's just jumping yeah. Up. Go ahead. It is. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say even look back to the season that Lyon made the Champions League semifinals and knocked out City. They got eighth that year. Yes, the season was cut short, and you know one leg Champions League fixtures are unpredictable, but still got to give them a little credit. Uh, not this year. They are 
they, I think they are currently not in the relegation zone on goal difference, and they were holding it for 150 minutes against Juventus in the Europa League this year, and they got out of their group. So I do think the mid-table teams in Liga have improved the past couple of years, but it's just still not an excuse for the, you know, this, I mean, I, I still think that, that this current era of the team, given the resources and given the, you know, the wages of the payroll of available players, I, I would still take this Galtier team over the Pochettino of last season, just because we were playing about as poorly, but we were spending so much more money. Uh, but, but still, you know, it's, it, it is, uh, it's, I, I really guess we could say it's like uh, it's shameful. It kind of is. So, um, do you have anything you know anything to touch on from that yeah. or? Yeah, yeah. So I think with the loss to Lorient, losses happen. I think didn't Real Madrid lose today? You know, big teams lose the the smaller teams all the time. Three out of six after you're out of the Champions League. That's certainly something. Something's going on. Like you said, the the main objective is over. So the players aren't playing well. They're kind of checked out. And if you're the manager, like if Pep Guardiola was here, he would be like, Messi, you're not running. You're not tracking back. You're not playing. Like we need a manager with that sort of stature. Zidane would come in. Neymar, you're not tracking back. You're not doing what I need. You need to sit down. It's not working. We need a manager that can bench these players until they get it in their head that you have to play every game as if it's a Champions League final. It's perfection. You're playing against yourself. That's the only way you're going to get better. It's, again, professionalism. I'll have to work that into the, the name of this podcast. Messi was not professional with what he did. The team is not playing professional. And quite frankly, I think they should probably take their wages and donate it to a, a Paris Children's Hospital or something because they are not earning the amount of money that they're being paid with these performances. I think they should be embarrassed. Like at some point, you think your pride would come in and be like, hey, fuck this. I'm not losing the Lorient. Let's go. Like someone, Sergio Ramos, someone like gather the boys together and like get it going if the manager's not doing it. But they can't. They're just like, it's just a team of wet blankets. Like they're just, they're just strolling about losing the Lorient 3-1. Hakimi gets two yellows uh, with silly challenges. I love Hakimi, but like, what are you doing? What are we doing? Taylor Twelman, what are we doing? It's embarrassing. So... I just think it's a complete lack of professionalism. I think what's going on with Messi is certainly a window. The players are not listening to the manager. I don't. I think maybe if you bring in a Mourinho, a Zidane, a, uh, a Pep, someone of that stature who could come in and be like, look, and lay it down and have the credentials and get this team to listen to him. If they don't, you got to go. Messi, there's the door. Neymar, you're not, you're not ready? Go. Leave. I think you should leave anyway. But if these players are not going to listen and do what they need to be that needs to be done, they got to go. That's everyone. Everyone, I think, except for Mbappe and Mendes. Those are the only two that I, I would I would keep. Hands yeah, down. Yeah. The rest of them can go. Yeah, yeah no, that's that's a good point. And I think uh, I think Mendes has shown, you know, he's he's worked hard, hard all year. And, you know, it's I feel like it's a bit tough to be a, a fullback and consistently have amazing games. You know, just sometimes the game plan doesn't work around you. And sometimes your defensive work – is kind of overlooked, you know, if you play an easy team, smash them 4-0 and it's a, you know, we're playing, you know, Messi and Mbappe are are just getting these little great one-twos to each other through the middle all game, then you as a fullback, you're not being, you know, utilized a bunch, but he's, he still is world-class. And I, I think I even agree with Mbappe, you know, he shouldn't be bigger than the team, but I think he knows that. I think he's made that clear that he doesn't want to be. He's also been here since 2017. And he signed a contract yeah. extension. He's, you know, mm -hmm. he's more ingrained than I would say Messi. I I would give oh, yeah, a little yeah. bit more leeway than even Messi. Yeah, no, that and I'm with you. And even for Neymar, you know, he also joined in 2017. I mean, he's been here. And uh, I know that you and I, you know, we spoke on, on Neymar right after that injury a couple months ago. But my, my opinion is slowly shifting to where, you know, he still is almost – uh, tied with Messi and Mbappe for most goal contributions in the league this season, and he's been out forever. Uh, I really think if he – it's just tough when he's hurt all the time, but he can – I think he still has it in him. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, th he's, I think he still has it in him to be the glue of this team, you know, to be that um, – you know, you get a lot of guys like I think this summer we need a, a good six, a good defensive midfielder. We need someone to be the anchor in defense to midfield. 
I believe Neymar in a lot of ways is that same kind of anchor from midfield to attack. So yeah, no, I, I definitely it's it's it is a weird look for um for Messi, especially you take other guys who came uh, that same season. I mean, the other big profile signing that's still here was um well no, I mean Hakimi. But I'm talking like old veterans, you know, Sergio Ramos, he was basically the only one doing anything in that second leg against Bayern. He had two headers that whisked past the post. If they were a little better, we could have been maybe even tied despite playing terrible. Uh, I still see him hauling ass all over the pitch. I feel like Ramos is is showing exemplary professionalism, in, in my opinion, for the most part. And yeah, I would agree. We just haven't quite seen that with, with Messi. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And Ramos certainly would need to come off of, of those wages. Um, yeah, I the whole, the whole situation is just it's head scratching and you know Messi has had his moments what was it the the free kick against Leon I mean he he's putting up the numbers but it, he, I just don't think he's a great fit for the team and now with this going on I, I just I, I just don't like it at all yeah. um, and then with Neymar I hear what you're saying about him kind of being the glue I'm not saying I go around and call people and, and actively try to get rid of him. But I would certainly listen to offers. If Chelsea called me and was like, hey, we'll give you 80 mil for him or something, I would – I'm seriously considering that. You know what I mean? Like Atletico Madrid, somebody comes in and wants to to make a, a bid for him. I just made that up. There's been no link with him to that club. But you know what I mean? I, I would listen to offers for Neymar because he, he – like you said, he, he can be that glue. He does have the talent. He puts up the numbers. But – it's like when does he put those numbers up? He doesn't do it in in the knockout stage of the Champions League on a consistent enough basis because he's always injured every year, like literally every year. So that's why I'm picking up the phone if someone's calling me for Neymar. Yeah, I get that. So just clarifying, you are saying basically the only players that you really wouldn't listen to offers for is is Mendes and Mbappe. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, as soon as they mention them, click, hang up. Not not entertaining. <laughs> yeah, Barati, I'm listening. Donnarumma, yeah. People know I wanted Donnarumma over Navas. I'm listening to offers for him now, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, because the right back position is is difficult to find quality. There's not that many. I, I would, I wouldn't, I probably would put Hakimi up there as well. I know he struggled this season, but I gotta believe he can turn it around in a non World Cup year. I, I probably wouldn't listen to offers for him either because I like him and Mukiele. Uh, who's had injuries. I like having both of them there to kind of solidify my right back position. But yeah, everyone else I'm listening to offers for. Yeah, that's that's fair. And you know, I think Mbappe, it does feel like he's had a down year uh, because he hasn't been, you know, stellar. He's been very, he's obviously very good. He, even his bad games usually aren't aren't terrible, uh, you know, barring, you know, a couple games here and there, you know, the, the Bayern second leg, not, not great. But he, I looked this up today because I just saw some some Twitter posts that someone was shocked that Mbappe had never scored uh, fifty club goals in a season with PSG because Ho- Holland just hit that. And before I preface any of this, I think Holland should win the Ballon d'Or. Just so if you hear me saying anything after this, it's not Holland slander; it's Mbappe praise. So I, I've got um, some thoughts on Holland. I can give you real quick, but finish your thought. Yeah, yeah. So they are scoring. I think I did the math right. If I did it wrong, it's it's real close. So, you know, essentially this is the idea. Mbappe has like 42 club goals for PSG this season in 39 starts. And, you know, he's come off the bench just a couple times. Uh, so that's slightly more than a goal a game. Holland is at uh, 56 uh, goals. Uh, and I, I'm including – I apologize – I think that stat with Mbappe was also including with France. So he had the World Cup that he did very well at and then uh, Nations League and, and uh, Euro 2024 qualifiers. But um, either way, you know, so it's with club and country. And then Holland is at 56 because he's got 50 league goal or 50 goals with City and he scored six for uh, Norway. So and in 53 games. So that is a very similar goal scoring rate, not to mention Mbappe is a winger and uh, Holland's a you know pure striker who is on the best team in the world, whether they win the UCL or not. I think we all, you know, agree they're probably the best team in the world. And Mbappe is doing this in what you know people are considering a down year for him. 
And, uh, and that's not even mentioning his assists, which he's, you know, if you look at expected assists, he should have probably eight or 10 more assists than he has. So, um, yeah, just thought I'd mention that. It gives, you know, some Mbappe praise. So I know a lot of those games, and I did remove the game against Peta Cassell right there. I know a lot of people will think, you know, oh, five goals or against a sixth. He scored five, and they're in the sixth division, so they're semi-pro. I removed those goals from that stat, so you can't come back to me saying, oh, five of those are against, you know, uh, plumbers and mailmen. I, I excluded those. But um, what is your take on – what was your take on Holland? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, he didn't play in the World Cup. He got he got a vacation while everyone, you know, Mbappe and Messi were, you know, killing each other in the World Cup final, you know, leaving it all on the line. And he's just kicked back, relaxing. And then he comes in, and, and I also think a lot of his success is down to Kevin De Bruyne, uh, just serving up balls on a platter. And I, I think any striker really there, maybe not put up those numbers, but would put up pretty substantial numbers. So good player. I, I think he's benefited from additional rest that others didn't have. And I think from I think De Bruyne probably deserves a lot of the credit for what's going on there. But he's a good player. I'm not saying he's a bum. Okay, don't yeah, come at me. Yeah. I'm just saying let's <laughs> pump the brakes a little bit. All right, let's keep it moving. So, um, Ethan, you mentioned some of Messi's incredible numbers, but no Champions League trophy, which is really what he was brought here to do. At least what that's what the club would say, um, not to sell jerseys and rake in marketing dollars. How would you overall rate the Messi experiment at PSG? Because it does seem with this suspension that we've probably seen him kick his last football in a PSG shirt. Yeah, yeah. If if we if Lons and Marseille draw on Saturday and we win our next two matches, then we're going to be eight points clear with three matches left. I mean. We're not losing at that point. We could lose the, a lot, the last three and we still wouldn't lose the league. So, um, yeah, there's a good chance that that was that, you know, that game against Lorient was it. But um, as far as how I'd rate it, um, oof, let's give it. Or yeah, let's give it like D for failure. Yeah, I was going to give it like a, yeah, like the American grading system. I'd say like C plus. Like he was a great playmaker for us. You know, he's. I think he averaged kind fairly close to a goal or an assist a game. I think he had 0.8 goals or assists per game. Um, that's even after that pretty poor uh, fall start that he had when he got here. Um, but, you know, you're right. He was brought here to win the Champions League. I don't think it's solely on him that we haven't won it. I mean, we haven't had the midfield. Uh, you know, wages had to get cut, like financial moves had to be made after the last season. So we didn't put him in the greatest position to succeed. You know, we didn't put any of those players in the greatest position to succeed, but he still just, you would have expected a little more uh, just from the hype of it all. But I, I've said a lot of times, I think he is a similar enough profile to Neymar to where it hurts us to have two of them. Um, we've, you know, if we have a great playmaker like one of them, we've got Mbappe on the left wing or playing as an inside forward with all that speed. And then if we just get a target man, I mean, you look at our best teams. We had Cavani, good in the air. Zlatan, very good in the air. Guys like that, they they kicked ass. So that's sort of the formula for attack. And then we just get an elite, you know, holding midfielder, an elite six, pair him with Verratti or maybe get another guy who's not as injury prone. And, you know, we're not winning the UCL every year, but we're contenders every year. And that's the important thing. You know, I think every year we should be in the, you know, barring a weird fluke incident, we should be in the quarterfinals nine of 10 seasons at this point. So after the quarterfinals, you know, draw, anything could happen. You could have injuries. But the fact that we didn't reach the quarterfinals once out of the two years is, you know, that's that's not acceptable. And, you know, I, I did just say we didn't put him in the greatest position to succeed. Uh, but you would have expected more. Yeah, I think back when you know the the news broke, you know, here we go, Messi to PSG. We were all elated. That was I mean, we thought this was day. it. Yeah, I remember when his jersey went for sale. It, it crashed the PSG store website. You remember that? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I through the roof. Yeah, I, I got one of those jerseys. I was I was quick enough to snag one. Um, before it sold out, but yeah, I was I was freaking out. That was crazy. I remember I was uh, 
up in this little uh, you know this little resort town up here in Idaho. It's called McCall. It's like our big you know, resort town for everyone that lives in southern Idaho or southwest and central Idaho. And I was just chilling on the beach and Twitter was kind of stirring up that day and we'd already heard rumors and um, I'm just on the the beach playing playing football. That's you know soccer. I'm just kicking it around with my brother and the news breaks and we just he's not even a PSG fan. He 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 uh, pretty casually supports Bayern. I got them him into them uh, during COVID. Uh, just we played a lot of FIFA during lockdown. So. But he even for me was like, wow, that is that is crazy. And it was crazy to think, wow, the I, it, to me, he's the GOAT. So it, for me, the greatest player of all time is joining my club. That's I mean, we've had Ballon d'Or winners, George Weah. Uh, we've had, you know, all these legends. We've, we've had World Cup winners in, with Rye. We've had all these guys. But just that that one's, you know, it felt different. It was, uh, yeah, it was electric for sure. And and then I saw some some tweet today. Someone said, uh, today, with the news that Messi is probably leaving, today is the the greatest day in PSG history since the day that we signed him. Is what someone said. So that that was that was pretty funny. That was kind of a that's a bit harsh, but I get that they were probably joking. But yeah, it was so weird. And then this is I I didn't think you know maybe if you had told me that we didn't win the Champions League either the seasons that he's here on his first contract. I would have been like, all right, did we like at least make a semifinal? Um, and yeah, it, it did fall short in a lot of ways. Not not all to him. Um, it did not help that Leonardo was there for his first year. And I've always said, I think this is a, more of a rebuilding year, um, you know, fixing finances. I've talked a bunch about that. But uh, yeah, it's this is not how I thought that his, his tenure would go down. I mean, if someone at that point when you're buying his jersey, if someone from the future said, hey, Ethan, you PSG are not going to get out of the round of 16. And not only that, his his time at PSG is going to end with a, a two-week suspension because he went to Saudi Arabia to be an Instagram influencer. Like, it would have just blown your mind. You would have been like, no. Yeah, yeah that would have been weird. Yeah, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, so it – what? so you gave him a C-? minus. Uh, Did I? Did I say C+. Plus? I should – I'd probably okay, give it – C+. Plus. I'd, yeah, because C plus because it was still you know we did make a good amount of revenue off of it. He wasn't like a bad playmaker. It's just he wasn't the greatest fit amongst other things. Yeah, yeah. Um, C plus is fair. I think that's probably what I would what I would give him as well. Brought in a lot of money for the club, but it came with a price. Social media followers went up, but are they really the kind of followers that you want? We both of us have interacted with the the Messi FC fans and. It's it's messy or bust. They're not really fans of your club. They're fans of him, and they're just kind of following the club because of him. And then they're gonna leave. So it's like it's it's just not good. You know, you brought them in. You didn't get past the round of sixteen. You increase your followers, but they're full of like people who are gonna leave the second Messi's gone. The whole thing just feels blah. You know, for lack of a better word, it just. C plus for me. It's a C plus, um, and, and I'm I'm hoping, and I've been saying it for weeks. I'm hoping that he does not want to stay. And I was getting nervous when there were reports that PSG wanted to keep him. So I'm glad that I'm glad they put their foot down. I'm glad he's going. We need his wages off the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to bring in multiple players with his wages that can actually track back. And maybe they're not going to put up the same amount of numbers, but they're going to be a better fit. And maybe they will unlock and enable. Mbappe to do more and Neymar to do more if he sticks around. So, yeah, C plus for me um, on the messy experiment at PSG, which is something I don't think we we would have thought back when we were buying his jersey. I I did not buy his jersey, I will say, um, but I I will also say that here in the United States, if you see a PSG uh, jersey, it's probably like eighty percent chance that it's going to be messy. I see a lot more messy than Mbappe. I see quite a few Neymar. It's Messi and Neymar are the two PSG kids I see the most on kids and stuff like if i go to an mls game so um yeah i guess he put psg more so more on the map for casual fans in the united states but again are they really fans of psg probably not they're they're not listening to this podcast those fans right probably not no yeah probably a probably a safe guess yeah so okay so ethan it's been reported that messi 
as we said, just likely played his last match for PSG, and he's going to be free to go wherever he wants once his contract expires at the end of the season. Inter Miami here in, in the United States has been linked with him, as well as the Saudi Arabian club Al-Halal. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Uh, there's also the pipe dream of him going back to Barcelona, and I say pipe dream because they just don't have the finances. He would have to take such a drastic cut in pay, and as we've seen with the Saudi Arabia deal, he likes his money. I just so I can't see him going back to Barcelona. So where do you think Messi ends up after he takes off his PSG kit? Ooh, that is a tough question. Um, I know that we've been hearing reports that that Barcelona aren't going to be able to, you know, because La Liga has has really cracked down on their on their financial, basically their salary cap. Similar I mean, they can to what we've got, but they probably won't be able to register him. That's yeah, yeah, that is the thing. And if you can't register them, then there's really no point. But um, oof, I, I, I think they – I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off. I mean, uh, whoever the president is, Laporta, is that his name? He I, he has said you know, in the last couple of weeks that they're not going to bend or stretch their, you know, their rules for him to return because that's that's going to open up a whole can of worms. If, if you let Messi in, you know, then – you know, then what happens when Real Sociedad want to bring in, you know, whoever, or when, you know, it's going to go down to even the mid table teams. They're going to be like, well, look, we should be able to bring in this other guy. He's only on a million a year. And then, you know, just you give an inch and then anyone will take a mile. So, um, and sorry if there are any, you know, happen to be Real Sociedad fans listening to this. They are my favorite Spanish club. I've uh, been to the stadium before and, oh, cool. um, you know, the big Basque population here in Boise. So I do like that. So that's kind of why I just mentioned them. First, first La Liga club that came to my head. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I I hope that Barcelona can get it done. Um, I think it'd be good for him to, you know, finish off his career in Europe. And as I think, you know, your exact words a couple weeks ago, it'd be good to potentially, uh, you know, weaken a uh, Champions League rival because you know Messi's return you know might not be the best fit tactically for them anymore and you saw how you know there was there was give and take when he was there the last couple of years before he had to leave but um other than that sorry that was a bit of an extended seg or not segue but you got you, know, you got those, Inter Miami or uh, is he going to Saudi Arabia yeah I think he'd go to Inter uh, Miami if anything out of those two um, I, yeah, I would, I would take Inter Miami. I, I know the MLS would pay big for him and he loves it there. I just don't see him loving it at all. Halal, but who knows? Um, I also don't think we can rule out the fact, not the fact, the idea of him staying in Europe at another big club. I can't see him going to, uh, a man city or anything like that. But I, I think if he, I know some people are kind of talking about it today. Oh, maybe he could go there, you know. Um, just they already have De Bruyne. They, they've they've got their whole setup. So, um, but if he doesn't have anywhere to go, but he really wants to stay in Europe, it's just going to be about who he thinks is a good fit. I mean, and who could potentially pay him? He's going to want to play Champions League football next year. So, um. Just throwing names out, highly doubt this any of this will ever come to fruition, but potentially Napoli, uh, maybe one of the inter uh, or one of the Milan clubs. Um, highly doubt he'd go to Germany, just doesn't seem like a good fit. Um, potentially, you know, a, a top six club in England, but uh, maybe Atletico Madrid, something like that. Uh, he, you know, Messi FC fans could continue to hate Real Madrid. Uh, don't you know? I highly doubt any of those will happen. But if he wants to stay in Europe, those are probably his best options. Yeah, Napoli was the one that came to mind. They'll have Champions League football. They're probably going to lose uh, Oshman, um, so they'll have some money to spend. But I don't know. I think we the Maradona Argentina kind of connection there. I think that's why we we link them there. Italy does make some sense, but. Again, just like you, I don't see it happening. I, I think you're going to get into a little bit of a media battle here. I don't think La Liga will bend the rules, but we know here in the United States, ESPN paid big bucks, $2 billion, something like that, for the La Liga rights. I'm sure they would love to have Messi back in the league, whether it's Barcelona or elsewhere, You know, get more people watching, signing up for their streaming service. But then on the other end, you have Apple, who just came in with MLS, 
I, there's been some reports that maybe subscriptions are a little bit lagging. It's it's expensive for the MLS season package. I think it's like a hundred bucks. So bring in Messi. Think about how many subscriptions they can sell. So I kind of see this as like ESPN, Disney. They're kind of Disney owns them, and then Apple kind of who who can nudge their partners in these leagues to sign Messi up. It's going to be really interesting. I think MLS makes a lot of sense. Um, he would have partnership or ownership in Inter Miami, if I'm not mistaken, with David Beckham, a uh, former PSG player as well. So he could just go over there. You and I were kind of going back and forth with some Messi fans about um, we we MLS is difficult. Um, the, the 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 quality is certainly lower, but the travel, all the things that go around. There's a lot of games. The, the you have heat and humidity and altitude and and it gets cold in certain i mean it's it's a difficult league to play in do you want to yeah, say yeah. anything on that yeah it, it is a weird league to play in um most you know i haven't actually heard anything about this but uh i imagine this would be the case but i would love to hear what you know former big european stars think about the travel here i know all of our nfl college football nba nhl MLB, you know, players, they're used to the travel. They grew up doing it, uh, going across the country. These, I mean, a flight from LA to New York is, is long. It is hours and hours, you know, it's not a short flight and it would be pretty comical to see Messi playing out, uh, playing at a sold out, uh, oh, whatever their stadium is in Minnesota in, uh, in an October. Uh, it's like, uh, is that still the name of it? Yeah. Like a 15, so, yeah. 15 degree weather game. You know, everyone's freezing. Messi is just so not used to this cold. And then, you know, two weeks prior, he was in he was in Salt Lake. You know, you were watching him in Salt Lake, or he was in L.A., uh, where I, I'd, I'd probably go down to watch him against LAFC in, you know, 80, 90-degree weather. So that, that would be – it is a weird league to play in. Like you said, a lot of varying, you know, atmospheres. I mean, I, I just think if you look back at um, – or if you look at any of the leagues in Europe, England, most places are about the same temperature. Yeah, you've got Brighton and Southampton, Bournemouth on the coast, which is a bit warmer, but it's still cold. Uh, you've got yeah, France. Like how many London teams? Oh, there's like six. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The travel is way less. the The climates are, for the most part, very similar. I'd say the league where you might have the biggest variety or variance is pr probably France because it can get cold up at, at Lons and Lille and by the German border. And then uh, Monaco, Nice, Marseille can be pretty warm there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a definitely a big shock. Although I will say it doesn't seem like a lot of players have struggled to make that adjustment yet. So maybe it wouldn't be an issue for Messi, but yeah, it is kind of worth talking about and bringing to light for, for some people. I, I, yeah, I wonder how we do. He'd have to take it seriously. Um, I don't think you could just kind of loaf around and collect your money. And people call it a retirement league. And I think if you have that mindset, you you'll get showed up. I mean, there there is some talent here. There are some players. You know, Europe is definitely starting to scout MLS a little bit more. There, you know, so um, it'll be interesting what he decides. I think that's probably the best move for him. Um, it certainly would boost the popularity of, of football even more in the United States. So. Um, it, it would be interesting. Um, Ethan, we, we kind of talked on this a little bit, but I was wondering, what do you think Neymar makes of all of this? They're obviously buddies, really good friends. They played together at Barcelona. What, what do you think he's thinking about this suspension? Man, that's a good question. I haven't thought of that at all. Um, hmm. I mean, Man, I can I can tell you what I think. I, I think yeah, yeah, go Neymar first. Is, is probably looking at this, and he's probably having some serious conversations. Neymar, when he first came in, he had some difficulty following rules and all that, and wanted to take penalties, and was kind of doing his Neymar thing. But he, you know, he in the last couple of years, he's sort of squelched that a little bit. It, it's not. He's been more about what's on the field. Unfortunately, he's been injured a lot, but that's not really his fault. Um, but we haven't had all the exterior stuff, all the extra stuff, all the Hollywood stuff. And, and so I think he, I don't think he's worried about him being suspended, but I think he is taking note that, okay, 
PSG is, is now getting serious. And I also like that Neymar has something to prove now. It's not a guarantee that he's going to be with Brazil for the World Cup. It's just not. He's coming back from ankle surgery. It's supposed to strengthen his ankle. I think he has a lot to prove. I think we're going to see the best of Neymar. Whether that's good enough, I'm not so sure. And whether he can stay healthy, I'm not so sure. But I think he, he may be looking at this and thinking, maybe this is a good situation for me. PSG are finally getting serious. I'm losing my good friend, but he was probably going to leave anyway. Let's see if I, you know, latter stage of my career here, maybe we could do something special. So he may be looking at this positively. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think if we do see the best of Neymar in the future, in the next two, three years, um, then I, man, if, if I am a strong Campos believer, if, QSI let him stay for a couple years okay. and we get the best and we get the best out of Neymar. Uh, I think we'd probably win the champions league in the next four seasons. Um, you, I mean, some people might say that's ambitious from, you know, well, you're not going to win it next year because you're still kind of figuring things out. Well, did enter Milan and AC Milan have it figured out last year? They, you know, Napoli, where was Napoli? Napoli barely qualified for the champions league last season. I remember there was one year where, Liverpool had to go through the qualifying rounds in the Champions League, and then they won the whole freaking thing. And we were in their group, and we topped the group over them, and then they still won the Champions League. So I think any given season, uh, we've we've got the – I think there are 15 clubs that could realistically, if they've got it perfectly down, they could win the Champions League in any given season. Uh, and I, I honestly think if we see the best of Neymar and we – let Campo stay a little bit longer. I honestly think we will win the Champions League in the next four years. Um, you know, for better or for worse, we're kind of stuck with Neymar. So I would hope that we see the best out of him. But um, yeah, I, I actually think this will probably probably be a good thing for him. I think we, you know, right after his injury uh, at the Lille game um, in February, he just he was posting a lot on Instagram. He's like, I'm going to come back stronger from this, that kind of thing. I really think he's got this fire down within him, and I know he he wants to be in Paris, and uh, yeah, I, I think he's just going to go. You know, I've got really nothing to lose, and might as well just go as hard as I possibly can. I hope that's what we see. I mean, I, I said earlier I would definitely listen to offers for him, but it, I think the best thing for PSG is he comes back and he stays healthy and he's better than ever. Like I would love that. I just from what I've seen, I I don't. I don't think he can stay healthy. That's my only yeah. issue with him. I'm not worried about him going off and partying in Brazil or anything you know, stupid like that. My whole concern is just can he stay healthy. And I think if he can, PSG gets serious. I'm with you. Campos has to stay. All of the, the rumors I've been seeing, I love them. Hopefully we can get them over the line. You know, even if we did keep Verratti and Donnarumma, and, and this team isn't bad. It just needs kind of to be shaken and woken up and slapped around a little bit and plug in some some new pieces in place of, of Messi and um, maybe another midfielder instead of having to bring Soler and, and Ruiz in. So I, I don't think we're that far away. I, I would love a complete rebuild with youngsters and Javi Simmons coming back, but QSI is probably not going to do that. So I think we can figure things out as we go. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think we're super far away. Um, I'd say when we were playing our best this season, we were a top five club in the world. And that's really all you can ask for every year. You know, you can't ask to, you know, what Real Madrid did a couple years ago, uh, three-peating the Champions League. I mean, they just got that Champions League DNA. You know, they're, they're just, they're built for cup competitions. We've seen that at the end of this season, you know, then lose to Sociedad today. Their mind is focused on two things and two things only, the Copa del Rey final on Saturday and winning the Champions League, and they're good at it. Um, so, but you don't see that very often. You know, if as long as we're a top club every season, it's it's almost certainly going to happen eventually. And uh, yeah, I agree. We're not going to get a full rebuild, almost almost certainly. Um, and I I do like this sort of you know we've got the financial power at this point. Um, you know, and we say financial power, and um, you know people criticize PSG for you know QSI have billions, but. I, I am happy. It seems like FFP has tightened a bit in the last years, and I'm glad it has. I don't. I don't want us to be spending. You know, whenever people are like PSG are spending ridiculously, we haven't done that in um, 
at least on player transfers in a couple years. But back when people are talking about it, I agree with them. I don't think we should be. So, um, but other than that, sorry, we've got the financial power, even with FFP in the way, to be a team that's that's always in the running. And I, I agree. I think we are three good, you know, I think we, you know, all these guys that are starting for us now, if they can just be depth players, I think that wouldn't that wouldn't suck. But really, if we have a, a year without injuries, we are probably three, three or four good players, and the the not the perfect coach, but a, a strong coach like a like a Mourinho. I think you know people are split on that, but I think I'd probably go for Mourinho right now if it was up to me. We're probably just those three four bits away from you know, being in the running every year for a long time. It's, it feels like we need a new era to come in. It feels like Pochettino um, and Gaultier are kind of in the same. Tuchel maybe was his own. He was here for a little while. Unai Emery was, you know, I don't know if that's an era. Laurent Blanc was definitely an era. We need, like, a new era. Uh, people are split on Mourinho, but I think he comes in and you, you could kind of put down a marker. Okay. Here from here forward, we're doing X, Y, Z. Like that feels like you are drawing a line in the sand. I like Nagelsmann. Um, I'm not sure he has as much cachet as Mourinho, but he certainly schooled PSG in the champions league this season. And kind of like Gaultier, he could come in and say, Hey, look, I shut you guys out over two games in the champions league. So listen up. So I, I don't know if he has that kind of bravado that Mourinho would have. So it, maybe it wouldn't be as much of a line in the sand, but I really like Nagelsmann. Um, if he's a potential, he may want to go to the Premier League um, to be seen. But it, if if it's Mourinho, I, I can live with it. It might be more drama, but I think he is a player who will tell players, you're not running, you're not pressing, you're not playing. <laughs> in the next game like i i think he will do that and he will take whatever heat that comes but he seems like a player or a coach that will do that yeah yeah i agree and i could see um you know who knows how much he's going to play play young players you know if a lot of the guys that are here now are slacking off then i'm sure he would you know play the next best guy so it, it does feel like a lot of these guys like born zyre emery garby uh husni and uh Bichyabu, guys like that uh, Lavalier, not that he ever gets playing time. He's like our fifth keeper. But, um, you know, those kind of guys, they – I bet that, you know, they're going to want to show off for, for Jose Mourinho. I mean, he is one of the best coaches ever. He's one of the best cup coaches ever. You know, he's – I mean, who who nowadays wins the Champions League with Porto? You know, no one. Yeah. He, he did it in 2004. So – it's, and he yeah, plays he's got this, games, which I like a lot in the media. He like, does. Going yeah. into a second leg, he can put yep. things out in the media and hopefully get a call or two, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Yeah, he he is playing 4D chess a lot of times. I mean, last season he ended uh, Roma's 15-year trophy drought. Um, he's in the Europa League semifinals this year, and I, I hope they win it, unless that means that he's not going to come to PSG. Um, yeah, he's just... Yeah, cup competitions, he's that guy. And I think we'd have a lot of years where we don't win the league very convincingly, but if he can establish that DNA similar to what these teams like, you know, Bayern and, and Real Madrid ha- have, where, you know, sometimes the league is a wrap for them, whether, you know, they're going to finish second or Bayern's coasting the title. And they, you know, they just, they got that dog in him to go and, and win the Champions League. If he can kind of begin to establish that, then uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, and maybe he can bring uh, Abraham with him. We need a tall striker. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't hurt. Roma's got some some decent players. Also, I like uh, Conti, former Tottenham manager, who on his way out basically <laughs> just lit that place on fire and said the players ain't worth shit and everything else. <laughs> maybe that's a manager that we need to come in and just, yeah, I think he could probably say the same thing to our players and be like, half you ain't worth anything you don't have yeah. that dog in you or whatever you know uh-huh. you yeah I, I i do worry yeah conte is I, I feel like good mental manager but his his record in the champions league is not ideal uh, i feel like he's much more of a he'll do well for you in the if the if the players buy in then you'll win the league very convincingly kind of a thing um so not that he's the same you know profile as as Mourinho, but 
I yeah, it's if 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 we're asking about winning a cup competition, I'm gonna take Mourinho every time. All right, Mourinho to PSG. I was on the fence mostly because I think of the drama, but at this point, yeah. we're defending Messi. So we we what might as well Mourinho just do? yeah, we we might as well you know if we have him here two years and it's more dumpster fire than. <laughs> Mbappe is going to leave after that, yeah, and he'll exactly. leave after that. And we, we can just, you know, a whole rebuild in two years if it doesn't work out. Exactly. All right. Um, I, I think I'm on board uh, with that now. So, okay. Mourinho it is then. That's my choice, hopefully. I think he turned down a Premier League job. At least it was reported. Um, I think it might have – who was it? Maybe going back to Chelsea. I don't know. I think he turned it down. I haven't heard – I haven't heard anything like that, but hmm. yeah, I saw that the other day that reportedly he had turned down offers from Chelsea to come back. So um, we'll see. Maybe he's holding out for the PSG offer. Uh, but first, we got to sack Gaultier. But more on that on the next episode. Ethan, I've kept you way way past your bedtime. Um, go ahead and let people know how they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, I'm at PSG underscore Boise. Fantastic, and I am as always at PSG Talk on Twitter. Uh, reach out, say hello, tweet me, whatever. Um, visit PSGtalk.com. Uh, head over to our Substack, which is PSGtalk.substack.com. We've got columns from myself and Jonathan Johnson. We're keeping it going over there with some really nice premium content. Um, and if you like this uh, podcast, go ahead and make sure you subscribe. Uh, leave a review if you can. Share it. Always want more uh, listeners. So it'll be an active summer. So we'll definitely be doing more of these throughout the summer to keep me up to date on all the transfers. So thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.